This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Hello, you sexy sat stackers, and welcome to the latest episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. It is a late Wednesday night here on the not-so-sunny space coast of Florida. Not only is it not sunny because it's almost 10 o'clock at night, it's not sunny because it was just a gray, cool, very un-Florida day today. You know, it got up to 62 degrees, which for those of you listening in metric land is 19 Celsius. So it wasn't cold, but it was just cool and and the and the sun didn't really come out it was just gray it was very much like a midwest winter like you know like if you were in kansas or iowa where uh, the fall turns into winter and then like it's just gray until like march or april uh, i guess a lot of the world gets like that but florida usually doesn't uh, and i'm getting off on a heck of a tangent we are running out of time to get this dca wednesday stack done while it's still dca wednesday and I'm getting a little off track here, uh, but before we get into a whole lot, let's take a real quick look at the vital statistics. At the time of this recording, it is, well, it's 9.55 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America, and that puts us at a block height of 822,174. I guess we're at a block height of 822,174. It doesn't put us there. Obviously, the Bitcoin block height is TikTok next block and doesn't really have anything to do with what time it is. However, at this very moment in time, Bitcoin is ringing in at a US dollar value of $43,360 or 2,305 sats per cuck buck. If you've been staring at the price charts, it's almost deja vu from last week where Bitcoin dipped over the weekend and then... Uh, it was down several thousand dollars, but if you just waited till DCA Wednesday and zoom out uh, as DCA and weekly forces you to do anyway, Bitcoin is pretty much exactly where we were a week ago. Well, we're about $400 more valuable than a week ago and a couple hundred dollars uh, shy of where we were two weeks ago. Still uh, pretty impressive considering we haven't even gotten to the 2024 halving yet. Uh, which gets me back into a topic we're going to cover in this episode of is this time different, but I digress. Let's continue along with the vital statistics. Uh, that block height puts us 17,826 blocks away from the next having the having looks like it's going to occur on April 19th of 2024. You know, just a few episodes ago, I was saying that, you know, before, you know, it'd be Thanksgiving. And then before, you know, it'd be Christmas. Here we are the last DCA Wednesday before Christmas, just five, less than five days away from Christmas. Now, if you consider we're less than two hours away from midnight or right about two hours away from midnight here in Florida. Uh, only one more DCA Wednesday left in all of 2024 after this. So, correction, 2023 after this. I am not in a hurry to make it 2024, but I do have 2024 on my mind because 2024 is the year of the having. It's the year of a lot of things. You know, it seems like the, well, the Bitcoin having doesn't seem like it. it always has taken place on a presidential election year. So there's a lot going on in the United States of America as far as that's concerned. We're going to ignore politics as best we can on this show. One of my pet peeves is that 
you know, there are certain politicians ganging up on Bitcoin right now, and they're all lining up on a very specific side of the spectrum. Yet every single podcast out there, it seems, always says, you know, this isn't the party of right. This isn't the party of left. It's the party of green versus the party of orange. And, you know, there's a certain political party out there who's trying really hard to be the party against Bitcoin. Uh, but we'll get into that in more detail, uh, in a little bit more detail here in just a minute. Carrying on with the vital statistics, Bitcoin's current price gives it, uh, gives it a market capitalization of $849.3 billion, $10 billion more than last week, uh, but about $6 billion less than the week before. Still significantly less than that $1 trillion market cap that that I think is really going to be, uh, it's really going to be a milestone, at least as far as the normies go, or at least the Wall Street normies, you know, the, the traditional financial normies. Uh, when Bitcoin hits that $1 trillion market cap, I think that's really when we're going to really, really talk about Bitcoin hot and heavy. Unless, of course, the ETFs come first, in which case, obviously, the ETFs will trigger, will trigger all, the mic, all, the, all the buzz on the, amongst the financial media. Uh, but... If this were just a normal cycle, I think that normies like nice round numbers. One trillion is a nice round number. It's also a very significant milestone. Despite the fact our government prints and throws away a trillion dollars like it's nothing, if a investment, a stock, or in this case, Bitcoin eclipses that one trillion dollar market cap, that's, that's where the big boys play. And that's when the financial media really, really starts to take things seriously. We saw that in the past. And I think we'll see it even more so this time around, because not only will Bitcoin eclipse $1 trillion in market cap, it will be, uh, it will have done it again. So that will also be that, oh, perhaps Bitcoin isn't really dead moment. And depending on which, on where you're getting your news, which financial media you're watching or reading now, uh, they obviously have noticed that Bitcoin hasn't died. But when the mainstream normie media, where your normie friends are getting their news from, starts talking about Bitcoin again, realizing that Bitcoin didn't die, realizing that Bitcoin has eclipsed a trillion dollar market cap, uh, that's when we start to enter that euphoric phase, I think. Uh, maybe even before so, because uh, we've definitely pumped a lot harder, a lot faster than I would have anticipated, probably on the backs of the ETF hype, the ETF expectations. All right, for those of you who still value your wealth in shiny yellow rocks, it's going to cost you 21.5 ounces of gold to purchase just one Bitcoin at this very moment. Uh, that is about the same as we, as we saw the last two DCA Wednesdays in a row. But obviously that was, a, you know, we, uh, that was way, way uh, more gold to purchase just one Bitcoin than we saw just a month ago when we were talking in the teens, right around a pound of Bitcoin to purchase a uh, pound of gold to purchase just one Bitcoin. All right. Uh, I guess I'm, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself repeatedly here because I'm kind of in a hurry to get this, this purchase made and get this episode wrapped up and posted before midnight because, you know, it's DCA Wednesday. It just seems like it should be done on a Wednesday. Had a lot going on today. We kind of did our family Christmas today. We went out to dinner. There's some funny stories there too. It was a lot like the, the dinner scene in in the uh, Christmas story where they go out to the Chinese restaurant on Christmas Eve because it's the only thing that's open. That wasn't the case. Obviously everything's open right now because we're five days away from Christmas still, but um, without getting too much into my dinner plans and what we did for dinner, uh, it was the only night between now and new year's when every one of my family members was off. So we kind of did, a, we kind of, we didn't open presents and all that, but we had a nice, 
we went out and we saw some of the Christmas lights around town, did some things like that, and then had a nice, a nice sit down dinner. Uh, that is put me really late into the studio. And once again, I've mentioned this before, my studio doesn't have heat and it's getting a bit chilly outside or chilly inside as the case may be. So I'm actually even wearing a jacket sitting here. And since I'm in the studio using my soundboard and my nice mic, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear some teeth chattering. Isn't that cold, but uh, you get my point. And I'm still getting distracted. So back to the vital statistics. For those of you who value your wealth in pizza, one Bitcoin will currently purchase you 2,426 large pepperoni pizzas from Papa John's. That is a pizza a day for more than six and a half years for just one Bitcoin. Uh, that seems like a heck of a lot of pizza, but we're only just beginning. I was telling somebody just a few hours ago that I believe firmly that we're still early. I think we're definitely going to be early still until until the Wall Street money pours in. The ETFs might be what what kicks us over early to you know the uh, to the mid level normie uh, part of the cycle where we won't be able to say we're early anymore. But as of right now, you can still front run Wall Street. You can still run you can still front run the pension plans. Most of them you can still front run four hundred one ks, etc. You can outrun the dumb money, so to speak. Uh, but for how much longer that lasts, who knows? It could be, it could be, I've heard it could be as soon as tomorrow that maybe we would even get a surprise uh, Bitcoin ETF approval. Um, but once again, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Speaking of on-chain activity, that statistic that you know I like to follow, Bitcoin's 24-hour transaction rate is still absolutely through the roof, averaging 6.52 transactions per second. Uh, not quite as hot and heavy as the 6.87 transactions per second last week. And along those lines, according to Clark Moody, uh, Clark Moody's dashboard, Clark Moody's mempool, there are one fewer blocks worth of transactions pending in his mempool. Currently, he says there's 59 blocks worth of transactions pending in his mempool. And last Wednesday, he was showing 60 blocks. However, that tells a only part of the story, because if you look at other mempools, for example, mempool.space, there are significantly more transactions pending in those mempools. And if you look at the fees, they are through the roof. Last week, Clark Moody's fee estimator was recommending a fee of 243 sats per V-byte to guarantee your on-chain transaction was mined into the next block. Tonight, brace yourself, that fee is 611 sats per V-byte. Although... Uh, Clark Moody's fee estimator is still saying if you can wait a day, perhaps a fee of nine sats per V-byte will squeak by. I haven't seen any blocks with fees that low when I was perusing uh, mempool.space when I was perusing the Block Explorer. Uh, and he's also still saying that a fee of six sats per V-byte will be confirmed within a week. Mempool.space's fee estimator is telling a totally different story. They're saying that a fee of only 274 sats per V-byte will be mined within the next block or so, a high-priority transaction. That's still $16.65 US, which is almost double what we were looking at last week. And then they're recommending a medium, low, or no priority transaction should still include a 253 sat per V-byte fee or a 222 sat per V-byte fee for a low, a low priority transaction. Or their no priority transaction, which kind of matches up to Clark Moody's if you have a week to wait. Uh, they're still saying that's going to cost you 52 sats per V-byte, so almost 10x what Clark Moody's fee estimator is, is currently estimating. The moral of the story is avoid those on-chain transactions unless they're really important. And if you do have to make an on-chain transaction, 
uh, do so with replace by fee. So you can you can under you know you can underpay a fee. You can lowball your your estimated fee and then bump it if you have to. Again, that's kind of a you do you thing. But man, if you have Lightning channels open, now's the time to be using the Lightning network because. I know I saw some people complaining about lightning fees, but lightning fees are only expensive if you're using a custodial lightning wallet where they're opening channels for you every time you make a transaction. Obviously, that gets expensive. But if you're running your own lightning node, if you have an Umbral or a lightning, you know, Raspi, uh, Raspi Blitz, uh, and you've got your own node open and maybe opened a few channels when, when fees were only one sat per V-byte, you're sitting, you're sitting pretty. And of course, if you're going to send a million dollars around the world or a billion dollars around the world, who really cares about $16 of the fees, right? Um, but I digress. And uh, speaking of mining, speaking of fees, the last week we had, uh, I guess it's been a couple weeks now since the last difficulty adjustment, uh, we're currently 354 blocks away from the next Bitcoin mining difficulty adjustment. As you know, the difficulty to mine a block of Bitcoin is increased every, or it's adjusted every 2016 blocks, which is theoretically about every two weeks with the goal of having new blocks come in on an average of once every 10 minutes. Last week, it was looking like we were going to see another increase of anywhere between one and 2%. Boy, howdy, that's changed because depending where you get your data now, they're saying in about two and a half days on December 23rd, less than two and a half days from now, we're looking at a whopping 5.03 to 5.5% increase in Bitcoin mining difficulty. That is even with it being cold in certain parts of the United States. I guess maybe it's not cold enough in Texas yet where they're asking the miners to shut down. But clearly, hash rate has just been pouring onto the network in any anticipation of the upcoming halving. Um, you know, we've spoken about all the commercial miners expanding their mining operations, how Marathon uh, was was uh, was investing in a huge mining operation in the Middle East. Uh, we know that um, you know Bitmain is is either just started delivering or will shortly start to deliver their latest generation ant miners. So there's all kinds of reasons why hash rate is increasing, but it has increased significantly. If we're talking a five and a half percent increase in difficulty adjustment, because a five percent increase in the hash rate when we're talking hundreds of thousands, millions of miners online that's a big change so uh, TikTok next block if you're worried about the minor death spiral obviously the miners and the, the companies the professional miners are not uh, and the reason why those why we're looking at such a huge mining difficulty increase is because blocks are currently screaming as I mentioned the protocol aims for an average of one block every 10 minutes and in this difficulty epic with only 354 blocks to go blocks have been averaging nine minutes and 29 seconds that is zooming and hence the uh, almost five and a half or five and a half percent difficulty increase that we're looking at real quick. I want to thank those of you for listening on your favorite podcasting 2.0 app, such as fountain podcasting 2.0 allows you to support your favorite podcast through the value for value method, where you can either stream sats on a per minute basis or support your favorite podcast by sending a boost, which is a lightning message where you can send a shout out or a message to your favorite podcast, but also uh, send some sats along with it to show your appreciation. And we do have one shout out to read, and that's from longtime supporter of the podcast, Leggy. Leggy sent 9,000 sats. Whew, that's a, that's, a, that's a bunch. Thank you, Leggy, especially with Bitcoin as expensive as it is right now. And Leggy says, was a bit distracted the last few weeks, but I'm still here listening every week. 
Leggy, that's great to know. So thank you for the boost. Thank you for the sats. More importantly, thank you for listening. Uh, it is good to know that you're out there listening. Uh, it's, it's really cool to be able to envision everybody out there, wherever you may be. Obviously, I know where Leggy's at because Leggy's a longtime supporter. And speaking of our listenership, our geographic distribution of listeners remains the same for, I think this is the third week in a row now. The top 10 countries are as follows. Number one, more than half of you are listening from the United States. So thank you to my fellow Americans listening from wherever you are in the United States. I know that's a big place. Number two remains Argentina. So muchos gracias, amigos in Argentina. Number three remains Germany. So I almost said muchos gracias. Dankeschön, mein friends in Deutschland. Number three remains Luxembourg. Again, Dankeschön, mein friends in Luxembourg, or as they say in Luxembourgish, Morian. Number five remains Canada. And by the way, the reason I know how to say Morian in Luxembourgish is also because of a boost that Leggy sent a long time ago now where uh, they informed us that Morian, kind of like Morgan in German, like Guten Morgen, uh, is a customary greeting in Luxembourgish, one of, the, one of the languages that's spoken in Luxembourg. Number five remains Canada. So if I'm chilly sitting down here on the beach in Florida, I can only imagine how cold it is up north in the great white north. So thank you for listening. And uh, hopefully you make it through those long, cold winters. Number six remains Spain. So muchas gracias, amigos, in Spain. Number seven remains Colombia. Again, muchas gracias, amigos, in Colombia. Number seven, as usual, remains Sweden. So thank you to those of you listening in Sweden. Number nine, if you remember, this was the big change a couple weeks ago, is the United Kingdom. So still holding on to that number nine slot. Thank you to those of you listening from the United Kingdom. Number 10 remains Singapore. Uh, and that rounds out the top 10. So thank you to those listening in Singapore. Thank you for every one of you listening, regardless of where you may be listening from. Uh, obviously, you are what make this all worth it. You are what make this all possible. Obviously, I would just be some dude sitting in front of a computer and a microphone if it weren't for you. You are the show. So thank you. Thank you very much for all of you, regardless of wherever you're listening. Back to what I was talking about at the lead in, and I kind of meant to get into this before I even went over the vital statistics. Uh, is this time different? It certainly feels like it is. You know, every cycle I've seen, it's always been this time is different. I remember when we had um, people screaming that we were going to have 100,000 Bitcoin by the end of 2017, uh, or then by the end of 2018, and then by the end of 2019, even though we were solidly in the crypto winter. I remember the whole 200K by conference day mantra, a previous cycle. It always seems like regardless of what the cycle is, everybody says this time is different. And even if you have a black swan, like the thing that locked the countries down, really, if you zoom out, it wasn't really all that different. It seems like there's always some sort of black swan or some sort of event right before the halving that, that has affected the price of Bitcoin. Um, but along the lines of could this time be different, if you remember Bitcoin OG, Adam Back has a bet with Vikingo, Vikingo, on Twitter, betting that Bitcoin will reach $100,000 before the halving date. If that happens and Adam Back wins his bet, that would solidly be different because in the history of Bitcoin, we've always re we've always retaken that all-time high. We've already we've always eclipsed, tied or re or set a new all-time high after the halving. Bitcoin usually crosses over halving day about 3x the cycle low, which this time would work out to about $45,000. So if we're at 100,000 or more before having day, that would be different. It would be different in a way that I'd be pleasantly pleased, but I, pleasant, I would be pleasantly pleased, but I'm not going to hold my breath and wait for it to happen. 
probably the biggest reason that we might see that happen, if we do see it happen, would be the adoption of, you know, the Bitcoin ETFs, corporate money, uh, dumb money. When I say dumb, I don't mean that people are idiots, but I mean blindly invested, like pensions and funds that just pour a certain percentage of their money into, into specific asset classes, kind of without really a whole lot of thought. Uh, and if if the Bitcoin ETFs are approved, you know, we're talking potentially as much money pouring into the Bitcoin ETFs as Bitcoin's entire market cap right now. I think someone was saying BlackRock, it, BlackRock alone was looking at like a $500 billion potential, um, $500 billion of the potential just out of a BlackRock ETF, which would double Bitcoin's market cap. And obviously there isn't $500 billion of the Bitcoin for sale because they're going to have to pry it out of the hands of hodlers. And so... If you're going to put $500 billion into Bitcoin and you're going to do it without the Bitcoin, that means each Bitcoin you can pry out of the hands of a hodler is going to have to be, they're going to have to pay a lot more for it. It's going to be a lot more expensive. Um, along those lines, Yahoo Finance ran the headline, Crypto Riding Perfect Storm of Tailwinds Heading into 2024. Obviously, I don't need to tell you that the Bitcoin tends to run in cycles that the cycles are based on the having every four years after the having about a, about six months to a year after the having, we set a new all time high, uh, about 18 months or so we have the peak all time high. And then we have the retracement and the cycle kind of slides into the, the, this crab market, which leads up to uh, the having, and then the cycle starts again. So with that having about four months away, now we're looking at not only a potential, Bitcoin ETF or a lot of Bitcoin ETFs all being approved at the same time. They're also talking about the federal, uh, the federal, the federal reserve pivoting that big fed pivot. Everybody's been waiting for and actually cutting rates at least once, maybe twice before now, between now and the having, uh, which is also kind of like pouring gasoline on the fire. You know, the, uh, increased rates slowed down investment and things like the stock market because people could, they were all of a sudden seeing that they could get interest out of the bonds, et cetera. Uh, and so anytime interest rates are up, money usually flows into bonds and out of stocks and out of risk assets, especially. Uh, and when the rates get cut, then that, that flow reverses. So uh, between the having a potential Bitcoin ETF with tons of normie money flooding into the space and just a better macro picture in general, if the Fed starts cutting rates, uh, we really could be riding the perfect storm. Uh, the article goes on to say, Bitcoin shoots above $43,000 on Wednesday while U.S. regulators continue to have conversations centered around the crypto space. Fundstrat Global, Global, Global Advisors VP of Digital Asset Strategy Sean Farrell outlines what the Federal Reserve's expected monetary policy in 2024 could mean for cryptocurrencies and the likelihood of Securities and Exchange Commission approving a spot Bitcoin ETF. So that is certainly, this is my words now, that is certainly one of the things that could spark an epic rally would be normie money flowing in via the potential Bitcoin ETF onslaught. More important than just the normies having the ability to purchase, you know, um, a Bitcoin ETF, which, which means the ETFs would then have to purchase Bitcoin. So money would be normie money flowing in it, you know, it, it, not directly into Bitcoin, but flowing into Bitcoin, uh, in, into the Bitcoin space via the ETF would be not only would they have the opportunity to, but remember once Bitcoin ETFs are approved, uh, the companies that, you know, like BlackRock, Vanguard, Vanek, et cetera, Fidelity, whoever, they have, well, they kind of, they, A, they have a fiduciary duty to, to, uh, to, to push Bitcoin as 
you know, as, as the best performing asset of all time, basically, but certainly the best performing asset of modern time. But they also have a financial interest, too, because these are products, they're companies, they sell products for the purpose of making a profit. And if they want people to buy their products, they're going to start advertising their products, which means we're going to start seeing commercials and we're going to maybe see another Super Bowl commercial, but hopefully not an FTX Super Bowl commercial. Uh, and so Bitcoin awareness is going to increase. Bitcoin's quote-unquote legitimacy is going to increase amongst the normies, the the average non-pleb, the average the average sheep, because you know they only know uh, what they know of Bitcoin is basically what's told to them. If 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 whoever they listen to, whether it's you know the mainstream media, Oprah, their friends, whatever, uh, if if they're told Bitcoin is a Ponzi by the people that they follow, that they pay attention to, that they get their advice from, then they're going to think of Bitcoin as a Ponzi. But when those same people are promoting Bitcoin or the channels that they watch are promoting Bitcoin, they're starting to see Bitcoin talked about more on Fox News or whatever, uh, it, it, it gives it legitimacy. All of a sudden they start thinking of it as something other than, other than the Ponzi scheme that they've been told by people like Elizabeth Warren, etc. And they're more likely to consider it or to start getting interested in Bitcoin. So I mentioned that um, that just like last week, Bitcoin saw a substantial dip in the Bitcoin price. But then, of course, if you zoom out, Bitcoin is right back where it was. Uh, after last week's DCA episode, Bitcoin retraced a bit to as low as, what, $40,151? Uh, and I guess it was in the 40, upper $40,000 range. Not, not low enough that it triggered a market or a limit order they had put in. But basically everything was popping all week except today when the markets all turned down and the price of gold went down, the price of oil went down, all the various stock markets went down and Bitcoin actually pumped today. Uh, but, you know, it had been down. Again, if you zoom out, Bitcoin's obviously been up and to the right for an extended period of time, not just the last couple of weeks, but uh, even even just zooming out, even just zooming out on a, you know, on a, on a, on a lesser time frame. Earlier, of course, Bitcoin is up for the day. It's been seesawing a little bit in price all day long. So Bitcoin at one point in time um, got as high as, as like $44,400. Uh, but it started the day at like $42,300. Uh, so we're talking up almost 3% up for the day, uh, which is kind of where we are for the week. But that's only because Bitcoin had that dip and then went right back. But Bitcoin's up almost 17% for the month and a whopping 160% on the year. Again, uh, doing substantially better than the than I would have anticipated, which is kind of a mixed bag for me because I was really hoping to stack a bunch more 70,000 sat purchases for our $20 DCA Wednesday purchase. And we've been stacking 45,000 sat stacks instead. Um, but even 45,000 sats is a lot more sats than we're going to be getting when Bitcoin breaks 100,000 or 200,000 or a million. So we'll take it any way we can get it. It's a bittersweet mixed bag. When the price of Bitcoin goes up, you look at the fiat value or stack and you're like, hooray, it's worth more. And then you go to purchase Bitcoin stack sats and you get fewer sats than you're used to getting for the same amount of fiat. And that's kind of kind of depressing. But that's part of why we're DCAing. You know, we bought, we started this DCA. Uh, this DCA strategy, this DCA test, this DCA hypothesis, um, after the, well, we had a, it was before the, after the first all-time high, but the second all-time high of this last cycle, we had that double top, but we bought basically all the way up and then we bought 
all the way down. And so I can't really complain that we're going to be purchasing for, you know, $43,000 a coin or whatever we're purchasing at today because we also bought in the teens and we also bought in the 60s. So um, all that really matters is that we're going to end today with more sats than we started. And I guess that's the way you should continue to look at it. All right. Speaking of ETFs and ETF publicity, uh, Michael Saylor tweeted out this afternoon a commercial from Bitwise. It's Michael Saylor treating probably nothing. And it's a commercial with that actor that did the Dos Equis commercials, The World's Most Interesting Man. Uh, and it's a real short and simple commercial with he's sitting at the table. And it looks like it would be a Dos Equis commercial, but then it, it's for the Bitwise ETF. And Bitcoin Magazine this morning posted a tweet with a link to the Bitwise ETF. They're running a commercial for the Bitwise ETF as well. So we're already starting to see those commercials roll out, which would indicate that I think Obviously, these companies are very confident that their ETFs are going to get approved and they're going to get approved imminently if they've already shot the commercials and the commercials are already starting to roll out. Previously, I would have given less than a 50-50 chance of an ETF getting approved. And I say that still because, uh, you know, you know, I know Gary Gensler knows about Bitcoin. I know he taught that blockchain class at MIT, and I know they say he's a Bitcoiner, but he is the chairman of the Securities and Exchange Commission, and he works for the current administration, and the government, the current administration, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, has been hostile to Bitcoin. Um, they, The SEC in particular is notorious for doing the bidding of the banks. Now, that's the catch-22. That's the reason that I think, okay, maybe an ETF might get approved. Because BlackRock carries a lot of sway, and if BlackRock says jump, then Gary Gensler would usually say how high. But previously to that, he would be carrying water for the likes of Jamie Dimon, who want to see Bitcoin stopped. If you remember, he told the Senate Banking Committee, he told Senator Elizabeth Warren that if he were the government, he'd shut Bitcoin down just a week ago. And so there's still plenty of reasons why I think the government would be hesitant to approve an ETF, because Deep down in their heart of hearts, most of the people in the government want to see Bitcoin at least put in a box, at least tamed and corralled, if not outright squashed. I don't. Th I think. I think they are smart enough to know they can't kill it completely. Maybe approving the ETFs falls into their grand evil plan to try and capture Bitcoin. You know, if enough of it flows into these ETFs and never comes out, maybe they think it can be the realm of their friends in, in Wall Street. Then, of course, we had the settlement with uh, with CZ from Binance, and that was kind of the crutch or the excuse, the, the manipulation and the shady, the shadiness. I don't think that Gensler or the SEC actually came out and named Binance specifically, but they, what they alluded to basically was that exchanges like Binance made Bitcoin too risky to approve an ETF. And so with the, with the, uh, with that issue having been resolved now, all of a sudden, okay, I think it's definitely more likely than not that an ETF gets approved, but I still wouldn't be shocked if it wasn't because I know how begrudgingly the government would be doing so. But, um, you know, there's been a lot of news on the ETF front this week. Um, I guess one of the things I meant to talk about, I don't actually have it on the list, was that uh, it looks like all the ETFs have now gone to cash, uh, cash basis ETFs, meaning originally uh, they were going to let you trade Bitcoin for shares of the ETF. And, and with, the, with the amended filings they've given to the SEC, now pretty much all of them uh, are cash only that you would give, you would buy into the the ETF with cash, and then they would buy the Bitcoin, and you would hold, you know, hold shares that you redeem in cash. You don't redeem two or four Bitcoin. 
Um, but all those little things, those are I's being dotted and T's being crossed that would indicate that the SEC is actually cooperating and working with these companies, working with BlackRock, Fidelity, et cetera, uh, to get these, these, uh, these ETFs approved. So everybody that's in the know seems to think there's like a 90% chance that e- the ETFs are going to be approved, that they're all going to be approved in one fell swoop, and that that's going to happen in the beginning of January. There were a couple people out there saying there's possibly maybe even a window as early as tomorrow that we could see that happen. If that does, most likely we'll have a we'll have a bonus episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin podcast because there will be a lot to talk about. Other than that, though, uh, we're going to enjoy a nice holiday and probably uh, there's going to be the one more DCA Wednesday episode on the 27th of December, and then we won't see you again until the new year, 2024. I'm getting way ahead of myself though. Once again, I just want to say for those of you not quite yet grokking how big of a deal the ETF approval could potentially be, I can't even begin to explain just how much money is lurking out there in the traditional finance world. You know, a trillion dollar Bitcoin market cap doesn't even put us in the, in the, the top five largest companies that Bitcoin was, if Bitcoin was a stock. Uh, it doesn't even, what is it, puts us at 10% of the market capitalization of gold. Uh, it doesn't come anywhere near even as much money as in things like condos that are bought for investment purposes only not for second homes or fine art things like that there's just there's a there is a insane amount of money lurking out there in the traditional finance world and if even just a fraction of that finds its way into bitcoin it could very easily easily double double the amount of money that that is in bitcoin as far as uh, its market cap is concerned easily and that's kind of like you know, kind of like a nuclear chain reaction, because if all these companies all decide they want to put in a trillion dollars, it'd be kind of like the GameStop squeeze, you know, the, 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 the short squeeze thing where they uh, they just weren't going to sell the money to the short to the uh, the people that were shorting GameStop. And therefore, it drove the price through the roof. I'm not selling my sats to BlackRock. I'm not selling my sats to Fidelity. I'm not selling my sats to anybody. I'm not even selling my sats to a pleb. If you're lucky, I, I might trade some of my sats for a cup of coffee. But I'm certainly not selling out to Wall Street. And I know most of you feel that same way. Sure, there's some traders out there, but there aren't that many of us. And the amount of Bitcoin that's, and you know, this is the kicker with the having the amount of Bitcoin that goes to the exchanges every day, you know, no, most of that is coming from the miners. It's fresh virgin Bitcoin that, that the commercial mining companies are having to sell because they're not hodlers. It's a business. So they have to, you know, they're just like gold miners. They have to sell the gold that they're mining to pay to, for the mine. The Bitcoin miners have to sell a large portion of the Bitcoin they're, they're mining to pay for their operational expenses. That, that Bitcoin, the fresh virgin newly mined Bitcoin, is going to get cut in half in April. And so the Bitcoin might just not be there. And if the Bitcoin isn't there and BlackRock has customers wanting to purchase shares and BlackRock has to purchase Bitcoin to create those shares, then that means the sky's the limit for the price of Bitcoin. And, and that $10,000 God candle or $100,000 God candle or whatever that might be could very, very well be in play. All right. I need to keep this episode shorter and sweeter than I'm in the process of doing so. So let's speed things up. Today is Wednesday and Wednesday is our DCA Wednesday series. And if you're just following us for the first time or do not already know, DCA is short for dollar cost averaging and dollar cost averaging is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals, regardless of price. For example, this is going to be our 126th stack. 
We started stacking $20 worth of Bitcoin every Wednesday. So the equal portion is $20 and the regular intervals weekly, weekly on Wednesdays. 125 Wednesdays ago on July 28, 2021. So far, we've stacked a total of $2,520 worth of fiat or converted a total of $2,520 worth of fiat, including $56.25 in fees plus the spread that Cash App is now charging into eight million five hundred forty three thousand one hundred and thirty four sats and we've done so now at an average purchase price of twenty nine thousand two hundred sixty three dollars and forty seven cents so like fourteen thousand dollars cheaper than what the current price of bitcoin is today we're going to add to that stack once again using cash app and i'm slowly but surely getting over my my upsetitude over them charging a spread over them changing their fee policy predominantly because they're still going to let me transfer my Bitcoin to my hardware wallet for free without paying a minor fee. And as expensive as minor fees are right now, uh, that 45 cent fee plus spread we're going to pay to stack Bitcoin today uh, is negligible. So I've got the Cash App open. I have $20 already on Cash App because I was, well, I was putting, I was putting in several, uh, several limit orders because I was thinking if Bitcoin went down in the middle of the night, I didn't want to miss out. Sometimes when you when you buy the dip, you got to do it with a with a preset order because those dips don't last very long. And I'm not one of those I'm going to wait till Bitcoin gets back into the 20s before I buy kind of guys. Or one of those people that's still waiting for thirteen thousand dollar Bitcoin. Uh, but if I if you have a little dry powder and you and you uh, and you want to set it aside to purchase the dip, uh, by all means, you do you. And we've done that too. But I don't include any of that in in this stack because for the purposes of this show, uh, we're testing out dollar cost averaging. So. Uh, yeah, you could have stacked some other sats on the side, maybe a little cheaper, or also bought a little more expensive if you FOMO'd in. We're disregarding all that for the purposes of this show, and we're gonna we're we're only talking about our DCA purchases, uh, and we're gonna add twenty dollars of the Bitcoin today. So I've got I've got cash moment. I've got the I've got uh, the Bitcoin. I've already tapped Bitcoin. I've already got twenty dollars in there. So I'm tapping buy, tapping confirm. And boom, just like that, we purchased another, wow, that's odd, 45,000 sats, 45,000. How often does that happen? I mean, last time it was 45,667. Before that was 44,441. This time it's exactly 45,000 sats at a purchase price of $43,444. And that raises our stack total to... Eight million five hundred and eighty-eight thousand one hundred and thirty-four sats, and it's gonna unfortunately increase that average cost ba cost basis again. Obviously, by buying when Bitcoin's more expensive, it's gonna increase our average cost basis or average purchase price. When Bitcoin was uh, when Bitcoin was down, we were we were chiseling away at that. At one point in time, you know, our average cost basis was like thirty-five thousand dollars, and then we whittled it all the way down to twenty-eight or twenty-seven thousand dollars. This purchase brings it up to $29,342.81, which is still a raging deal considering the Bitcoin uh, that we just purchased for a, 40, a price of $43,444, so not too shabby. Of course, when Bitcoin hits a million dollars one day or $10 million a day or maybe just $100,000, $29,000 is going to look even more negligible. You know, the People to sit around and go, man, I wish I bought Bitcoin when it was only 20000 or man, I wish I bought Bitcoin when it was only 10000 or man, I wish I bought Bitcoin when it was only 3000 
we're not very far away from people going, man, I wish I'd bought Bitcoin when it was only 29000 or only 44000 You just got lucky. They're going to accuse you of being lucky. If you've been here stacking with us for the last two and a half years, every Wednesday, 126 times now, uh, you know you're not lucky. You, you put in your dues. But when people look back four years from now, eight years from now, maybe two, three cycles from now, imagine, uh, you know, three cycles ago, you know, uh, 12 years ago when Bitcoin was in its infancy, what the price of Bitcoin was back then and how much it's increased every cycle, uh, if that even comes close to continuing uh, 29000 or even in this case $43,444 is going to look like the deal of a century. All right, that is all I wanted to talk about today. But before I go, again, I want to reach out to you and ask you to follow us on Twitter. On Twitter, we are at BTC Bulletin Pod. Again, help us feed that algorithm monster. The more followers we have, the more likely people are to find out about this podcast. Of course, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, like pod like fountain or whether it's apple podcast or wherever whatever app you're listening to however you're listening to this podcast if you go ahead and give us a review kind of the like and subscribe thing it's different you know per per platform but if you're downloading our podcast if you're rating and reviewing our podcast that helps feed that algorithm monster and that helps it you know helps it show up in the search results for more people hopefully we'll help more people realize that they're not too late that they can purchase any amount of Bitcoin. They don't have to come up with $44,000. They can purchase as little as $20 or as little as a dollar or whatever they feel is appropriate for their, or for their situation. Again, following us on Twitter at, at BTC Bulletin Pod. I would really like to hear what you have to say. So go ahead and send me a DM. I do check my DMs. There's a lot of spam in there, but I do check my DMs. So give us a shout out at BTC Bulletin Pod. If you're not a Twitter or X user, we also have our Noster N pub on there. And if that doesn't do it for you, we also have an email address, which is bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com. Again, that's bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com. If you are just getting into Bitcoin and you're not sure what you're going to do as far as what app you want to use or what exchange you want to use to purchase your Bitcoin from, of course, do your own research. But if you choose one of the apps that we have a referral referral code in the show notes, such as uh, Cash App or Strike or even Fold, uh, I ask that you use the referral code in the show notes. None of those services are sponsors of the podcast. Everybody who has a Cash App account or a Strike account or a Fold card will get their own custom referral code. But if you don't already have one and you're going to sign up, clicking on those links will give you something for free and we'll get something as well. Uh, those offers change, but I believe Cash App, you get $5 free. Uh, strike, I think it was $10 and uh, I think you get 20,000 sats currently for signing up for Fold with that. Link, something you wouldn't get just for signing up on your own, and it tips the podcast at the same time. All right. Once again, thank you very much to those of you listening all over the world. It is super flattering to see where you are and to know that you're out there listening. Again, if you reach out and give us a shout out on Twitter at, at BTC Bulletin Pod or even a boost uh, on your favorite podcasting 2.0 app, such as Leggy did. Uh, that would be appreciated because I do like to hear from you. And not just because the boost is sending stats, because I like to know who's listening and I like to know what you think about the podcast. Either way, don't forget to join us next Wednesday for the last DCA Wednesday of 2023 while we grow this stack together. And then every Wednesday in 2024 while we keep purchasing sats as long as there's someone out there willing to sell sats to us. But until that time, keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers. <laughs>